First of all, you know, again, it was, um, you know, really good job by our guys, you know, as, especially against such a well-coached, tough football team, the win that they were coming off of and really the way they played up over the last month. So I was really pleased with just, you know, our overall response on a short week. And you know, one of the things that's been different for our football team than the last couple of years, for those of you guys that have been following us, is, you know, having the Thursday game this late is a big difference, you know, being your 13th game and, Again, I go back to it, and this has gone on long before I got here, but, you know, the advantage that Reggie Scott and our performance staff give us, you know, with the players being as healthy as they are this late in the season, I thought that really showed up in a big way. And, and that's really been consistent over the last handful of years. And ultimately, the players have done a great job, but I think Reggie's guidance has been a real edge for our football team. Guys played tough, and, and like I said, I think it was – Good to be able to get a couple of days this weekend for them to rest, recover, and then and then come back ready to roll. And we were able to come out of that game clean injury-wise as well. So it's a real blessing, and I think that'll be a, a very helpful thing as we try to finish out this season the right way. Kevin? Uh, Sean, maybe this is self-evident. Maybe it isn't. But uh, after having a three-man running back rotation for most of the year, is Cam Akers now your number one running back? Uh, you know, I I think, uh, you know, you still want to be able to utilize those guys. I think Malcolm and Daryl are both very valuable parts of what we do. It was Cam's night last night. Uh, I do think Cam is capable of that. But as far as how uh, we move forward, I think what's important for us is is capitalizing on all the different playmakers that we do have. And, and certainly Cam did a great job last night, but that doesn't mean that you won't see opportunities for Daryl and Malcolm moving forward because – both of those players have done a lot of really good things that have been helpful in our success as a team. So very pleased. I think, you know, we know Cam is capable of that, but to say that uh, we would commit to that approach, um, I don't necessarily, you know, think that's the exact thing that we're thinking. I think we're really pleased with Cam and not surprised though. You, you had talked, others had talked about him needing to be better when the ball isn't in his hands. Uh, has he made that kind of progress? He had a lot of times uh, that the ball was in his hands last night, so not as many of those opportunities to evaluate. But uh, he has gotten better, Kevin. I, I think, you you know, you've heard us talk about it. Sometimes you forget, you know, he's an early entry. He was a young guy going into college, played early. And this is a really young football player that I think is only going to continue to get better and better. But he's maturing quickly. I think part of being a really good pro is understanding that, you know, while it's so natural and, and seamless form when the ball is in his hands, understanding those little intricacies of the game that that really separate um, you in terms of from being a really good player to potentially a special type of player. And I think with Thomas Brown's leadership, I think he's got a chance to really do that. He has gotten better, Kevin. Uh, but I think that's a reflection of just the way that he's intentionally approached every day of practice. He's really understanding the importance of that and how that translates to, you know, the practice preparation equal in game reality. If you uh, if you have that right focus and concentration, what changes, whether it's tactically, even psychologically, for you or a defense when one guy is getting the load? You know, when when you know that 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 one guy is going to be carrying you know I wouldn't say stuff changes much um I thought we were able to mix it up I thought our guys did a great job of executing a variety of different run schemes and I think you saw a selfless operation last night when you look at the receivers the tight ends our offensive line's done a really good job um you know he was the hot hand that doesn't mean I mean I think you guys have seen it you know last night that approach worked for us but we've seen games each of the last, you know, really over the last month where all three of those guys have gotten involved. And that's been really good for our offense as well. So 
think the more, uh, you know, the more multiple and the more versatile that you can be and, and really take advantage of the playmakers that we do have offensively, I think that's our job as coaches. Um, and then sometimes you guys have heard me say this going back to even training camp, uh, each game, you know, there could be a different approach. And a lot of that is predicated on the feel for the flow of the game. And, and last night, Cam got into a rhythm right away. And we kind of just felt like he was the hot hand and, and decided to go with that. And um, it was a, a real positive for our team last night. Lindsay. Hey, Sean. Um, wondering on that play when Aaron, Kenny Young returned the interception, um, what you saw from Aaron Donald? That's my favorite play of the game because you see two of the best players in the world out in front blocking for him. And the genuine joy, you know, you see Aaron and Jalen out in front and really the type of athlete that Kim is, you know, I, I think Kenny would maybe disagree, but, you know, he's possibly going to take him down. And, um, you know, they did a good job of restricting Cam's ability to get there. But just the overall effort, you know, even when you go to the fourth quarter and you see Morgan Fox's sack, I think, um, you know, we all know what a great player Aaron Donald is. The production speaks for itself. What we see day in and day out makes him that much more special. But I think one of the things that that really is is such a unique trait that is why you just love this guy for so many reasons. But you watch what a great teammate he is. This guy's arguably the greatest player in the world, but he might be one of the greatest teammates I've ever seen too. The genuine joy that he has watching his other teammates have success, even just watching he and Leonard Floyd go back and forth bantering about who's going to get credit for that sack, watching for Foxy. I mean, um, you know, I, I love I love this team, but when you talk about Aaron in particular, it's it's hard not to be very, very thankful for everything that he does. And so much of it isn't even just the production on the field, but just the way that he is as a human being and how that reflects a connected team that I think you guys heard a lot of our players talk about. And especially in a year like this, I think that's been a real uh, a positive for our football team. And then this isn't game related, but I'm wondering with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, what makes them so good after the catch? What what skill set does that take? Yeah, I think just natural run instincts. I think their toughness. You know, I mean, these are two players that you talk about creating with the ball in their hands after the catch, creating without the ball in terms of blocking. They do so many different things for us um, outside of just typically what you see with the just the stat line. But I just think those guys, they stay grounded. I think they're both, you know, quick twitch athletes that have a natural feel for the work edges, which is why they're good separators uh, as receivers. But when the ball's in their hands, in a lot of instances, that kind of translates. And um, the more opportunities that we can do uh, to get those guys involved, the better football team we are. But I think that's probably what's a reflection of why they're so good after the catch, Lindsay. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, Sean, um, you've talked about um, not being so concerned about uh, the amount of yards you guys are amassing, but uh, the amount of points. And I'm, I'm just wondering, scored last night, but you're getting touchdowns by your defense, which obviously is great for you. But are you concerned about the offense's ability to score more touchdowns than, than you guys are scoring? I would say this, not not last night, because, you know, with a minute and a half left in that game, I was almost all run uh, conservative. You're up 24 to three. And that's where I think, you know, the points is something that's very important. I'll never shy away from that. But the points are also, you know, number one is to win the football game. And how you do that based on the flow of the game sometimes is different. Um, I thought, you know, that's a really good defense that there's a lot of respect for, Gary. But, um, you know, our approach was totally different when we went up 24 to 3, where, you know, you're not necessarily applying the pressure, the balance of the run and the pass and really trying to move the football down the field like you are in the first drive of the game or even the set, you know, the first drive of the second half. So last night, 24 points was what I felt like was going to win the game. And you didn't want to give a, an opportunistic defense, any opportunities to get back in it. 
So we were a little bit more conservative and that's a reflection of some of the decisions I made, not necessarily the ability to execute from our players. I do think that last week was a step in the right direction in terms of having to respond based on when we had the special teams turnover and, um, it's, it's something that's going to be important, but I feel good about where we're at offensively the last couple of weeks based on how do we win this football game and what's necessary from an offensive production standpoint to get that win. And uh, each of the last couple of weeks going back, you know, from the Niners game, I think we've taken uh, a step in the right direction with those two games. And now let's see if we can keep it rolling against the Jets. I, I'm sure we'll get into this at the beginning of next week, but is there concern playing a win, a team that has not won a game and, you know, with the averages and everything else, is there any concern that this isn't a team that's on a roll or anything, but you have to kind of prepare in a different way for a team that has nothing to lose? I think uh, you kind of answered it in your own way. I do trust the maturity of this football team. We know that, uh, I mean, you look at it, the Raiders are a really good team. I mean, shoot, I've seen them in a couple primetime games. You know, they beat the Saints. They go to wire to wire with the Chiefs. And, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a Hail Mary away from losing to that team. So, uh, and even when you flip on the tape, the way that the Jets played the Patriots, you know, about a month ago on Monday Night Football, um, this is a team that, you know, sometimes you throw records out the door. The tape is where the truth really is revealed. There's a lot of different ways that games are won or lost in this league. I don't worry about our football team's maturity to handle getting ready to, you know, ultimately try to clinch a playoff spot by winning that game but stay on track to, to give ourselves a chance to compete for uh, trying to win a division. Jordan. When you kind of think about some of the great defensive linemen, cornerback tandems throughout history, do you see potential there long-term for Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey to really become in the conversation of one of those great tandems? And, and if so, why? The answer is yes. And that was really a big reason. You know, when we first, I can even remember a couple years ago, Jordan, when Les and I were first discussing the potential of acquiring Jalen and you say, okay, you've got Aaron and you can pair him with, you know, who we think is the most special player on the back end in the NFL uh, at that spot. And to be able to get those two together. That's why we thought it was important to be able to get Jalen under contract. So I do think so. I think, um, you know, the power of this unit has been the unit, but those two in particular give us a variety and the ability to affect and change the game in so many different ways. I mean, you know, Aaron's versatility up front and all the different ways he can apply pressure, but then Jalen's as versatile of DB as you're going to see in terms of being able to go outside, play on their number one receiver, bump inside at the star position, blitz, tackle. I mean, He's not just a corner. He's a great football player. And so I do think that this year has been a reflection of that. That was a big reason, you know, when I first talked to Brandon Staley last year, Jordan was the vision that he had for those two players, for John Johnson, being able to try to say, okay, if you lose a Fowler, you know, let's go get a, a, a Leonard Floyd. So I've loved what this unit is about, but those two have definitely done a great job leading the way. And, and, I, and I am hopeful. And that was, that's kind of the goal for us. If, uh, if these guys keep doing what they're doing. And when you um, look at how, you know, you've talked many times about sort of winning the math on the offensive side, and then obviously Brandon trying to win the math on the defensive side, how do two such versatile pieces sort of coincide with what you like to do, say, with your receivers and running backs on offense in terms of winning those mathematic equations? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it, from a, whichever approach you're talking about, when you talk about, you know, Aaron is going to requires so much attention it can free up some other people when you have the ability to allow Jalen to to lock up somebody and you can tilt coverages a certain way 
that's how those guys change the math for it because of the attention or because you can really move the hard down on their plate all the time. And then you can ultimately make it a, a reflection of, you know, gaining some numbers back elsewhere based on the stress you put on those two or the attention that Aaron requires from a protections perspective and standpoint. Offensively, I think last night was a great reflection of selflessness and how you can change the math. When you end up having receivers wrapping across formations and kicking guys out, when you have uh, great skill players that are, you know, great pass catchers as tight ends competing, you see Gerald Everett lining up in the eye, isolation blocks, you see him on the line of scrimmage. Um, that's how we were able to change the math last night. Uh, by being able to get the numbers in our favor. And then, you know, the way that, uh, you know, we're able to utilize Jared uh, as far as, you know, what he can do in terms of moving the spot is a different way than maybe, you know, a zone read. But fun stat for the week. I think uh, Jared Goff and Lamar Jackson have the same amount of rushing touchdowns this year. <laughs> Who would have guessed that after 13 games? <laughs> hey, great. Hey, Sean, speaking of the dude who's scoring all the touchdowns, uh, the first, the first quarter, the drives looked really good. I mean, you talked, you talked about how later you obviously had to had to run the ball a little bit more. But what did you like about those those lengthy drives there, and then also the one in the third quarter? Obviously, what was Jared doing well specifically as well? Yeah, so to start out the game, I thought he did a great job finding Higby on the first play. Then even something that's so subtle as getting a five yard penalty, so then you get first and five on your second actual snap, and Cam goes for thirty plus on the run. Um, and even you know, just I thought he was really efficient. He made good decisions. Uh, got us in and out. You know, that's the one thing that I've said to you guys. You know, we're get, we're running the football well, but in a lot of instances, one of the unsung heroes in that is Jared, based on, you know, the ball handling. But also, uh, sometimes you're not just lining up and calling plays. There's multiple things that we're looking for uh, based on criteria, defensive front structures, coverages, and, and things of that nature. And he does a great job. He and Kevin, week in and week out, of being able to handle that. Really, I think Jared and Austin Blythe in, in concert – uh, have, have been really uh, a big part of why we've been able to have success and get some clean looks. And then it's about the execution. But those two drives, you know, that, those, that first drive and then the second drive, I liked what he did even on the third down and 12 to Robert Woods to keep it moving. We almost gave ourselves a chance to convert on, I believe it was a third and 18 when Cam went 16 yards on the check down, kicked the field goal to go up 10. But the first drive of the second half was exactly what we had hoped to do. Uh, good balance, and then uh, to be able to cap it off with a touchdown pass uh, was was a really high level of execution. It was a very similar play, if you guys remember, that we missed on third down against the Niners way earlier in the season that ended up uh, you know leading to us not scoring. And I think just being able to tighten up the screws on all those little things situationally um, is a positive, and, and I thought it able, enabled us to really control the game, especially that first drive of the second half. That was, uh, that was a real tone setter. And I was going to ask you about that third and 12 to Woods as well. You used tempo to catch the Pats off guard and prevent him from making substitution. What was the thinking behind that? And it seemed like it was really successful. You're happy with it. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of answered it, Greg. It was uh, they do such a good job of, of getting entirely different rush packages in. And in a lot of instances, they can be really exotic looks and, and they really attack your protections. And so to try to regulate and minimize the impact of that package and, and you know, our guys ability to be able to run some of our you know core plays in an up-tempo speed, you know, because really you see McCourty uh, was free off of that left side, but because Jared was able to get it out in the timing and rhythm, you know, him hitting it from so much depth, even though they did kind of have the numbers 
uh, in terms of what we were in protection wise, you know, we, we beat it with the throw and that was a big time conversion for us there for sure. Emmanuel. Coach, y'all, y'all used uh, two tight end sets a lot the past two weeks. Um, how's it kind of helped the run game and how's it helped uh, Jared in the past game? Yeah, I think it's just added, it's added another layer, uh, you know, to our offense that's important. And um, that was something that we wanted to be intentional about this off season. I think coach Cromer, our coaches, and then, you know, it all goes back to the player's execution it's big because when you play against some of these bigger defenses where they've got some heavy edges, um, being able to have seven true bodies committed to the blocking surface gives you a little bit more uh, versatility in what you can activate in the run game as opposed to when you're just in you know, your three receiver sets. And so uh, for us, we want to make sure that we're able to, to be as multiple as we can, kind of try to continue to try to apply pressure to the defense based on what they're giving us. And the last two weeks has definitely been reflective of that and, and really a lot of credit to the players. And um, what, what makes Robert and Cooper and all the other receivers really good at blocking? Uh, I, I just think it's the way that they're wired. I think, number one, there's a willingness, there's a selflessness, and then there's got to be a toughness that's involved. I, I, the technique also shows up. Eric Yarber and Zach Robinson have done such a great job with that group. But when you've got two guys like Robert and Cooper that you know are the tone setters for that room and and they end up doing that snap in and snap out. I mean, I don't. It's 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 such a breath of fresh air to look over and they know what kind of game it is, and they're just so happy to be part of winning football. Where I, I've I've you know I've been I've seen a lot of different things, and this is something that you don't take for granted. Having a group that has such high level of production, the stats that kind of follow, but most importantly, the selflessness. And I think that's why you see a C on both of those guys' chest because they represent all the right things. Eric, Keyshawn, I'm looking forward to seeing Jared and Lamar race at the Pro Bowl this this, this offseason. <laughs> That'll be uh, that Jared doesn't want. <laughs> <laughs> Two quick ones for you. I just want to build on what Emmanuel asked you about the 12 personnel. We kind of saw the seeds of it early on. You were running it effectively. Why did you want to activate that more the last couple of weeks? Did you just like the matchups? Yeah, and then I also think being able to get a good rotation where you're involving all your skill guys. Because in a lot of instances, Eric, when you get into the known passing situations, you're for the most part, not always, but you're going to activate 11 personnel. And um, I think having a nice rotation with our four receivers and then you know being able to utilize Gerald Everett's skill set. He is a guy that he, he can do so many things. And last night, his athleticism in the past game – wasn't necessarily required to get the win, but, you know, you see the versatility from him playing on the line of scrimmage. He can detach from the formation. He can make plays in the pass game, and then he's lining up in the eye, lead blocking on isolation type plays. So, um, you know, having having him on the field and the versatility he provides, he and Tyler Higby, and then we've seen what Johnny Munn has done. So I just think, you know, part of our job as coaches is making sure that you're utilizing all the pieces that we do have the more guys that can contribute, the more that we can activate and the more multiple and versatile that we can be uh, as the season unfolds allows you to feel like you can kind of stay in alignment with what you want to do offensively from a philosophical standpoint. Um, whereas sometimes when you're so regulated to one personnel grouping, you can let defenses dictate the terms on you. And unfortunately, like was talked about a lot this week, that was reflected in the Super Bowl and, and against some of those really good defenses we played each of the last couple of years, and you have to be able to adapt and evolve accordingly. And then secondly, did you see the seeds of this dominant defense at the start of training camp in terms of their ability to pursue and, and the athleticism and just the, the talent that you have at all three levels to kind of dictate terms to an offense? Yeah, uh, I would say yes, I did. I, I, I'm... Uh, 
very pleased. You definitely don't take it for granted, Eric, but I did have a feeling and, and was very confident in what our defense could potentially accomplish if we reached our potential and, and continue to have the great leadership that we do have from our players. So um, this was something that even going back to the vision that Brandon had when he and I first sat down and talked about it, a lot of these things are coming to fruition. You can't say enough about just the collaboration between the coaches and the players. The consistency is, is something that has been outstanding. I mean, you know, I have Greg's question last night, you know, what, what's so cool about that is that's been, you know, he's asked me that a lot after these games this year with what was it that stood out about the defense? There's so many different things. How did we find a way to shut them out in the second half? And so these guys consistently do a great job of showing up, getting ready to go, playing well in those time windows that we do have. And thought the toughness, especially against a really physical football team like what had been reflected the way the Patriots wanted to play, thought that was really good for us to see because they had some plays that they hit, but then we tightened up. We were able to force some turnovers or get some fourth down stops. And I did see this in, in training camp and uh, want to continue to see it moving forward because it's been awesome for us, Eric. Does the narrative that this is something new ever kind of irk you? You know, hey, you're not scoring more points, but you're actually playing a different style. We, we ran the numbers this morning and, and you're, you guys use 12 personnel, the third highest rate in the league. And it seems like last night kind of the world caught on to that. Yeah, that's I mean, the coaches and the, the opposing teams that we're playing, they know that that's been something we've used a lot more. But last night, in terms of just the, the way that the percentages, you know, and in terms of how heavy it was, 12 personnel, this, those numbers sometimes get skewed, too, because it really matters. All right. When I mentioned earlier, Andrew, that you're going to be in 11 and a lot of the known passing situations, you know, your third downs, some of the second and longs. You know, what's really a good reflection is all right, what type of personnel groupings are you activating in the normal down and distances, first and second downs? And we've been a good balance where it's been about 50, 50, 11 and 12 personnel. Last night obviously was almost exclusively 12, as was last week um, in some of those normal D&Ds. And that could adjust and adapt by the week. But but that is something that uh, has been consistent for, for the most part throughout the year. You've just seen it reflected and we've had success each of the last couple of weeks and because we've been successful on the early downs, that's where you can stay in it a little bit more. And um, it's been a good thing for us. And we'll see if uh, if it ends up being the uh, recipe that we think is in, is uh, you know most important for our success moving forward and into next week against the Jets. Real quick, anything extra from Brad for Brandon Staley's birthday last night? Any extra gift, party, celebration, song? I like think uh, a good happy birthday and a nice uh, Mick Ultra or whatever drinks he chooses. You know it. Maybe he likes that. Maybe maybe something a little stronger. But uh, very thankful for Brandon. Give him a nice hug, and uh, we uh, we definitely enjoyed that after the game. But that those those Thursday games, especially against a team like the Patriots, can be real stressful. Maybe I'll get some free Mick Ultras from that uh, throughout there too, huh? Work on that. <laughs> All right, real quickly, Lindsay and Jordan. Sorry, I'm laughing at the Mick Ultra thing still. Uh, Matt Gay, what has that being my beer of choice? No, I, I was actually expecting you to try and plug for some rosé. Um, I already did that. <laughs> uh, what what happened to Matt Gay's shoulder before the game? And why did you guys sign a long snapper to your practice squad? So to answer the first question, his shoulder, he came in on Wednesday with a sore shoulder. Um, you know, he'd have to probably go into the specifics of how that occurred, but However it occurred, it really was not going to be something that, unless he wanted to really have me pissed off, keep him from playing in the game. 
but we did sign McGinnis as far as a, uh, you know, an emergency type of option because of, um, you know, just the game on a short notice and, and, you know, he was able to go, but that was more of a, an emergency type plan that if he went to the stadium and the shoulder was affecting or restricting his ability to kick, then we would feel good about Austin based on everything he's done. And then really, um, you know, you really think through all the different scenarios. And I think you look at what's occurred around the league, whether it be the quarterback position, but with the amount of time that it takes to onboard somebody, you're thinking, God forbid, if something ever happened to Jake McQuaid, who would be the emergency long snapper for us? And, you know, Les and his group did a nice job. There was a player that, um, you know, was available that had some tape and and it was really just a, a contingency plan has nothing to do. We want Jake here for a long time. Jake was actually consulted with on this decision. You know, I mean, Jake and Johnny, their ownership for just the landscape of special teams around the league, they uh, they are people that we rely on as heavily as anybody. You know, really, you know, Matt Gabe might not even know this, but but Jake and Johnny were the ones that, uh, you know, kind of brought up Matt Gay to me. And, um, and then, you know, we do a little digging and say, hey, you know, it's important for you guys to feel good about that. And, and then Matt's come in and done a nice job. And so we actually consulted with Jake uh, as far as the other option. And, and it was just uh, – you know, a contingency plan if, God forbid, something were to happen to him or, you know, you lose him for a COVID contact trace or whatever. I mean, this year is forcing you to think through a lot of stuff. It's why I'm not sleeping much. Jordan. Hey, Sean, what are you going to do with the Mick Ultra? What are your plans? <laughs> I, you know what? That's pretty good. Uh, you probably <laughs> like a good IPA, don't you, Jordan? <laughs> yes, I do. Hey, um, Michael Brocker said last night that this team – they don't just like each other. They also love each other. As a, as a head coach, what does that mean to you to hear that from your locker room? That's awesome. I mean, that's everything because the connected teams, especially in a year like this, you know, that's why you do this, you know, because the feelings of being able to go through the, the good and the bad with people that you really care about makes you want to work that much harder. And hearing that from Brockers is, is exactly why I love this team so much. That right there in and of itself.